0: Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about practical guidance for a happier life. I'm delighted to welcome special guest, Tom Glazer. Tom is a psychologist, life coach, happiness expert, and the author of the Amazon bestseller, Full Heart Living conversations with the happiest people I know. You can reach Tom at his website, FullHeartLiving.com, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Tom. I'm so glad that you could join with me today.
1: Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity. It's great to speak with you.
0: I am so excited to be talking about happiness. And one of the things that you kind of research, and not everybody knows, that there is a world happiness report. I mean people think about, you know, how much money do people make, how long do people live, but this is a happiness report. Can you explain what that is and how do we rank as Americans?
1: You know, uh, it's it's sobering and sad that we are as low as we are. We're like I don't I, I don't have it right in front of me the most recent one, but usually we rank mm, around 30%, right? Like of of all the country in the world. Uh, yet we have so many resources available to us, and to me that that's just very stark and sad. And so and so it, it's it it is a scientific report, uh, uh, statistically accurate, uh, um, measuring various happiness um, measures uh, in, in, in in really every country in the world, and then comparing them. And um, yeah, we. We could be so much happier. That's the thing, Linda. We could be so much happier.
0: And here's the amazing thing. As you're talking about these different factors and different facets, I think a lot of people believe that happiness comes from the outside in. Mm. Like if we measure really, really high in how much money we make, if we measure really, really high in how long our lives are or the quality of our health, then we will be happy. So when all these external, and that's one of the reasons why seeing when you measure and compare with the other nations in the world and people might naturally think, Oh, of course they're doing well because they make more money. Oh, of course they're doing well because they're healthy. Oh, of course they're doing well because of X, Y, Z. And the real thing is no, the external factors don't matter as much as our insight and what we choose. And here you're saying, okay, isn't it discouraging a little bit that we are not where we should be, not where we could be in terms of the happiness in our lives. But instead of being one of those people who writes about it on Facebook and says, isn't it terrible that we are not happy? You're saying, hey, let's do something about it and change that and say, hey, I invite you to be happy, to recognize that this matters and that we can do something about it. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your book? And then I'm so excited. We're going to do a little conversation from one of your Sparks games.
1: Yes. So I'll just quickly say the impetus for this whole project was from the unhappiest period of my own adult life. I have my dream job and I was going to retire there. I was really attached to this job. Things changed beyond my control. I got really miserable. I got depressed. Yeah, I know. And I had to leave. I didn't have to. I chose to leave my dream job. I tried everything I could to make it work there. Um, But in the midst of my sadness, I started noticing when there are really happy people all around me. And I got really curious. What do they do that I'm not doing? And I I got brave and I asked them questions and it snowballed into these um, videos. So there's many documentaries on my website and then into the book. And then into so here's the book. So i are talking about it. I'll quick show you this is the cover of the book, Full Heart Living. And I should say too, why this title, Full Heart Living? What I learned is that happier people live with their full hearts. Right? It's not just about that Pollyanna kind of, I'm just gonna be happy and pretend everything's fine. No, 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 no. Happier people embrace the wholeness, right? So if they're sad or down, they're sad or down and they let that be, and then you know, move on from there. So I was going out talking about my book, which is based on interviews and um, hoping to inspire people to connect more deeply. Because what I learned is that happier people connect really deeply with other people themselves and their passions. And when they do any or all of those in the service of others, look out like happiness goes off the chart. So I was hoping to inspire people to do all those things just by talking about my book. And of course, People, I would say, I hope I've inspired you at the end of my talk, and people would look at me, you know, with that deer in the headlight like, glazed. They, did, they had no <laughs> idea what I meant, and so I realized really quickly, oh, I got to give them an experience. I got to tell them how. So that's how this product was born: Full Heart Living Conversation Sparks so that we're going to try in a minute. So this is in a box. Um, how to connect more deeply with ourselves, others, and our passions, and um, you have bravely agreed to try one of these out live on the air on the podcast which I just so love happier people by the way do take more risks that's that's worth noting um unhappy people unhappier people tend to stay more stuck and they're they're more afraid of kind of you know putting themselves out there and you're like oh I'm game let's do this yeah yeah yes yeah. so I love that Linda oh. so what's going to happen here is I'm I'm going to give you a conversation prompt you have no idea what this prompt
0: is No not a clue
1: and uh, you're going to just speak from the heart spontaneously for about uh, up to two minutes. I'm Actually, let me get my phone ready to time. And then I'm going to be listening for your, what I hear as your themes and values based on what I hear you saying. And I'm, for up to two minutes, I'm going to feed back to you what I'm getting as the overall arcing uh, themes and what seems to be important to you. Often there's overlap between those two, by the way. So, um, and then from there, we'll go, we'll just, we're also going to be noticing how connected to ourselves and to the other person we feel while we do this. And we'll, and we'll check in about that. Perfect. So that, in a, in a nutshell, is what we're doing. So you're clear on what, what's coming if, as much as you can be?
0: If I'm not, I'll ask some questions. How about that?
1: Perfect. Yes. Fair. I love that. Okay. Linda, here's your conversation from. Okay. Talk about a time you felt the most alive. And
0: why? Oh, the most alive. And why? Okay, so now as you're going to learn a little bit about me, I have a hard time with the word most. Isn't that yes. crazy? Because yes. then I think, oh no, now I have to rank every remember every single event that I've ever had, and then I have to rank them and find what is the most alive. So I'm going to give a couple ways that I feel alive. And so I feel alive when I am living in the moment. I feel alive and joyful when I'm laughing and playing. Um, This last Sunday, I had some family come in from out of town. We played a game of telestrations. And I was laughing so hard that my stomach just hurt. And it was that thing where it hurt, but I loved it. And I felt so joyful as we were just playing this silly little game and drawing these little pictures. And I'm a horrible artist and it doesn't matter because it's more funny if people mess up and the things (laughs) change as we go along. And I felt a connection to my family that is not here all the time. And I just love that. So another time that I have just felt alive and joyful. Yesterday, I was tending my grandkids and we were playing hide and seek. And they are six and four years old and we're running around the house and just being silly. And then we took Rhodes rolls, those little frozen dough, and we thawed it out and we shaped it into little shapes and we baked it and we made these little things. And we just played. We had so much fun. And I had made sure that my work was already done so that this time I could spend and just be present. Because I find that when you have tiny people around... Uh, yes. it, nothing gets done. So if I'm trying to get something done, <laughs> right. it's yeah. just frustration. And so fortunately, because they're not here all the time, I could get my work done. And then when they were here, I could just enjoy them. So those are some of the experiences Perfect. that I have. You're
1: Did I make it to two minutes?
0: Woo-hoo! Did exactly I do okay? Two
1: minutes. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to restart the timer. I have two minutes to reflect back. So this is I'm I'm owning it. I'm saying this is what I heard. I'm not saying this is what you said, what I heard. So I heard themes and values. First of all, I would say the number one is joy. Joy, 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 joy. And you may even have used that word once. or I think at the very end you actually used that word, but it came to me far sooner. Um, There was a... um, you started with that dilemma of the use, my using the word most and so there it, there may be a perfectionist streak in you that may that may be true um, Welcome to the club right I, 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 I can definitely join you on that but that that you didn't say that brought you joy at all or or that that was a, a moment of connection that's just something you struggle with you did mention that and I just wanted to note that I heard that. You talked about being really in the present moment, and there was a lot about play and and fun and games. Playing this uh, something with drawing the, the I don't know if it was Pictionary or something like that. Illustrations, the best game ever, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and being with your loved ones, not worrying about that perfectionism, just doing it anyhow. So again, that's that's what we talked about a mo- minute ago: taking risks. Um, The word flow came to mind. So you talked about moments where you were outside of that thinking, perfectionistic brain, just being, doing, totally with your family, whether it was your grandchildren or or other people. You talked about spontaneity, right? That it's just coming forth, uh, not planned. You talked about creativity, big time. You talked about focus, and you talked about being really present. That's almost exactly two minutes. The timer's about to go off again. There we go. How did I do, first of all, let me ask you that, with reflecting themes and values?
0: I think you did pretty well. And you were able to um, recognize some of my strengths and some of my weaknesses or tendencies. And to be able to, um, I mean, you were really paying attention and listening and looking for those themes. So I think that was, I think that was great.
1: Great. So it wasn't, what I want to highlight here is that I wasn't a 100% spot on and that is okay. People, back to that perfectionist thing, people sometimes feel too much pressure. And what I have found is that it, it doesn't matter if I'm so, so, so accurate. It's, it's that I'm trying, that I'm here with you, that I'm listening, that I get some of it. That still, it really works. So, so now this question about connection, how connected to yourself and to me did you feel as we did this exercise?
0: Oh, it was lovely. First of all, it was lovely to have someone care enough to ask something about me and to listen when I gave an answer. That that means a great deal. I think part of our human nature is we want to feel seen yeah. and heard because we yeah. want to know that we matter enough to another person that they are seeing and hearing us. So that was lovely. I also really enjoyed when you started your um, explanation that you included that preface of, I'm not saying this is what is, I'm saying this is what I see. And I really actually appreciate that because then I didn't feel like I was being judged or necessarily evaluated. It was more of an observation and that makes it, first of all, less threatening and also I had, I spoke with a a marriage counselor and she was delightful. And she brought up the conversation or the topic of when we talk that people don't always hear what we're saying and what the communication doesn't go back and forth the way that we think it will. And so she says, you know, when we're feeling offended, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he did that or said that. Then instead of going off on, you did, you said, you thought to say, okay, what I make up about what you just said is. And by starting with that preface, it says a couple things. One is, I'm admitting that what I'm seeing and hearing and thinking and concluding may or may not be true. And then, second, by verbally sharing it, I'm letting you in on what's going on in my head. And at that point, you can make some clarifications and say, no, that's not what I meant at all. What I meant was, or what I was trying to say was. And so, as you're going through this, this sparks conversation. It is including some of those those important aspects of letting yeah. someone be seen and yeah. heard and valued and yeah. then listening, practicing our listening skills, yeah. looking yeah. for not just my words, but you are looking for my underlying maybe motives or, yeah. or something that we could say, my values, what matters to me. Yeah. And then by presenting it in a way that was non-threatening and as um, this is what I'm seeing is that accurate you gave me a chance to clarify where i could have said no that's not me at all or what i meant yeah. was yeah. and that would be okay too exactly so, it's
1: not bad that is not bad that helps it go deeper it's good it's good as an opportunity exactly
0: right. when we're yeah. on the surface and we're talking and then it's like no that's not what i meant it gives us a chance to go okay well what what did you mean let's let's exactly. work on this a little bit
1: exactly and it's human like you said we have our own filters. We have our own experiences. We have our own expectations. So sometimes we hear what we think we're going to hear, even if it's not what the person said or meant.
0: Oh, isn't that the truth? Oh, <laughs> we yeah. always show up with our, our expectations, and then we find those pieces of the conversation that yeah. match what we were expecting yeah. to hear.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. To confirm it. Confirmation bias. So I love what I'm hearing you say here. You said that You talked about the human want to be seen and heard and appreciated. This is what we call mirroring. And that's a big piece of this activity. Mirroring is essential. I would say it's more than a want, it's a need. This is a human need for us to thrive. We can survive, I, maybe without it, we're certainly not going to thrive. And even survival without enough mirroring, certainly for infants, infants cannot survive without mirroring. People, It's just an innate need. We need people to see us, we need to be seen. And it is through being seen. That we see ourselves, right? And it's through seeing others that we see ourselves, right? It's it's this big wheel, this reciprocity wheel. It's not just one or the other. We need all aspects of the whole equation. Again, full heart living. It's the wholeness, the, the full gestalt, not just one little piece. And then... You talked really about my owning it and the importance of that. So yes, all these there's instructions about all this included in the in the box here. So yes, I'm taking responsibility for what I hear, and you're right; it makes it much less threatening and provides those opportunities to go deeper. So I felt, of course, incredibly connected to you and to us. So you were letting me in, right? I know far more more about you, and that's just two minutes each. Right? Is not that cool? But I know way more about you, even with that just two minutes. And I see you're you're beaming now. You're you're just you're really smiling as you were (laughs) earlier as well. That tells me that we are connecting even in this moment. Isn't that cool? I think I'm not just projecting that. I think that's true.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I am so enjoying this conversation. And I love the things that I am learning and being reminded, and the way that you word things. I love when you talked at the beginning about how this came to be. Was from a period of personal darkness and yes. a struggle. And yep. then you did something amazing. Rather than staying in that place of darkness and struggle, you looked out to see what people who were happy were doing. doing you use the word doing not what do they have oh well their life is perfect and that's why they're happy it was what are they doing and can i use that as an example for something that i can personally change i mean you took total responsibility for your own happiness even from that place of darkness which is magical and as you were sharing that little bit i thought oh our stories mirror Because I went through a period of depression and anxiety and going through that process of healing and recognizing that we can get unstuck and that there can be happiness again, because I have been in a place where I thought I will never be happy again. And to come from there to today, I feel fantastic. I feel happy. You can see a smile on my face. And it's not just here, it's in my eyes, it's in my yeah. heart, it's in right. my soul. Yeah. I mean it. I'm not pretending. Yeah. I, I am It's happy.
1: genuine and I feel it. I can tell. Yeah, isn't that You, Is think, it you can tell cool? when it's fake, right? You've, if, you're, if you're open, you can tell if it's it's a show. And right, I, I, that doesn't come from you. So yes, even from trauma. So my thing as a job thing, and it, I don't know that I would totally consider it a true trauma. There have been other traumas in my life, and I'm writing about that now, and that's actually my next Project is we're, is, we're just going to go way deeper with all that, but yes, that's what I'm fascinated by is that the, the resilience of the human spirit that we can even experience trauma and still live lives of incredible depth and beauty and even joy. It's amazing, amazing. And the other thing I want to comment on is I decided not to, to, to focus on celebrities, for instance, or people with a lot of money. Everybody I interviewed in my book is uh, someone I personally know from like the guy who cuts my hair to the woman who used to office right next door to me, somebody I was in a play with. Um, These are everyday people who are extraordinarily happy, just like you and me. It is by making choices. And in fact, that's one of the titles I I played with for my book, something about the happiness choice or something like that, because I wanted to emphasize, yes, it's about action and choices that we make. Every day, that support are um, being joyful, and it's not just for us. It's not just um, hedonistic or or, or or superficial. When we're happier, we spread more joy. Happier people donate more money, they volunteer more, uh, they make the people around them happier, right? Because happiness, like really on, almost any emotion, is contagious.
0: Oh so, yes,
1: yeah, yeah. So it's not just for me that I'm going to run around being this happy person. It's because I do better in the world. I help make the world a better place when I'm in a happier place.
0: Isn't that fantastic? Talk about a win-win situation. When I'm happier, I am naturally making the world a better place. Now, how many of us have been in a room and someone walks in and you can feel the storm cloud? They don't have to say a word, right. this rage, this anger is just emanating from them. And you think, Ooh, stay away from that person. And there are other people when they come in, they're just bouncing and they're happy. Yeah. And, and it just, you don't even mean to, but you know, just a little smile yeah. creeps onto your face as you yeah. think, wow. And so it really does literally, truly spread.
1: Absolutely. That's that mirror neuroning again. We can't help it unless we're really closed off either intentionally or unconsciously. And, and my, my belief is even beyond that, which still goes somewhere inside of, of us. I don't have total proof of that, but I believe that's true. Uh, we can't help but be affected by the emotional states of those around us. right? And, and even their activities, that's, that's another thing. The, the more we hang around people who, who do uh, stuff we want to do, the more likely we are to do. So hang around runners, you're likely to take up running. <laughs> Hang around people who play pickleball, you're more likely to play pickleball or or be more physically active.
0: That is true as well. So it makes a big difference who we choose to associate with. I had a friend say, you know, we talk about hanging out with like-minded people. He said, Uh that can be a good thing or it can be a not good thing. It depends on what you are like. For example, if I'm sitting around with a group of people and we're all gossiping and complaining, we are like-minded but it's not making any of us better. He made a distinction. He said, don't just look for like-minded people. Look for growth-minded people. Look for people who are going to make you a better person so that you can become more like that and more like what you want to become. And I thought, ooh, that is a good distinction. I really appreciated Ah, that insight. I love that. I
1: love that. Yes. And that's why I love coming on these podcasts. Because people tend to be of that growth mindset. And yes, I get inspired every time I do this. I've learned from you in this. Even just that last one. not just like-minded people. Look for growth-minded people. Yes, that's what I want in my life.
0: <laughs> Isn't that great? Yes. Oh, I love this. I love the whole concept that we can do something about it. We started with that that report about that yes. happiness report that we see a lot of unhappiness. And these last couple of years, as we've been dealing with the pandemic and the changes and, and a lot of frustration, and it has affected people in, in many different aspects of their life, long, far beyond health, but finances and our social and, and everything. And some people have lost hope and don't feel like there's going to be happiness. There's that feeling like I once had where well, everything is going to be okay. Nothing is going to be okay. Again, nothing is going to be the same again. I can never be happy again. I cannot plan on the future again. And here, Tom, as you and I are talking, we're giving examples and, and specific things that someone can do to be happy.
1: right there there are some things that we don't have control over in our lives of course we don't have control over a worldwide pandemic that is a factor that affects us so that's true so recognizing that having our feelings about it it has been frustrating it has been all kinds of things it's been a really hard time there's a huge percentage so so the um the latest that i heard is 40 percent of our happiness at least is completely choices, you know, from how much we move our bodies to who we spend our time with, which we talked about, to what we put in our mouths, to the media that we expose ourselves to. There's there's 20 chapters in my book. So each one exploring a different theme like that. So there's all kinds of things that make a huge difference. And if you can get that foundation going in the right direction, then uh, there's this momentum, there's this snowball, effect. This is what I have found with myself and with so many people, so many clients that I work with that once they get that foundation in place, ah, then they start to discover naturally the other sparks of joy in their lives. It's doable, it's possible, it's 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 within our grasp. Yes, so I am saying go out there. Go, go, go pick the apple.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love that we can do something about it. And just as a reminder that these things and our happiness does not come necessarily from the outside. When you gave the statistic of that 40% is within our control, and that's a little less than half, and yet it is enough to make all the difference in the world so that when, when things that we did not choose happen, that we can still be resilient and bounce back up. So Tom, I want to tell you about a day I had a couple months ago. Yeah. My husband is a pilot, and um, we have this little this little experimental airplane, just two seats. And we went for a flight. And while we were flying, the engine blew up. It totally it threw a rod. We there was smoke coming out of the cowling. Um, o- oil is pouring at my feet. The plane was yes. shaking so hard that I thought it was going to literally fall apart, and we were, you know, going to crash to the ground. Sure. Sure. And we couldn't make it to a runway, so we had to just find a place to make an emergency landing. Yeah. And and we, we did. And then we're just shaking, thinking, yeah. oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, we almost died. Oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Right. And then um, a, someone, a passerby came and picked up my husband. I waited with the plane in case emergency people came. And they did. I had I was surrounded by seven emergency vehicles, police, and all this stuff. and And since I was okay, they didn't really have anything to do. So we were just chatting. And I said, hey, is this the first time you picked up a plane at the side of the road? And they said, no. It is the first time I've seen survivors. Oh. And I thought, oh, yeah. So that did not stop my heart from just pounding. And finally, my husband made it back with the truck and the trailer. We loaded up the plane. We were able to take things away. We were not 10 minutes down the road before there was an explosion in the truck and smoke is billowing out and fluids are flying. And it's like, are you kidding me? Whoa. So we pulled off to the side of the road. And cars are zooming by at 80 miles an hour. And my husband said, wouldn't it be ironic to get hit by a car right after surviving this airplane incident? And so we opened up the hood and found that we'd blown a clamp on um, a radiator hose. And so all of our radiator fluid was gone. So we made a makeshift something and we poured water bottles in so we could kind of nurse it home very carefully. And when we made it home and pulled into the driveway, we thought, whew, what a day. And opened up the garage door and there's our cart, and it has a flat tire. And it's not just like low, it is on the ground. And we thought, really? Are you kidding me? And so we're still trying to catch our breath because we've been so I mean it's been quite a day and yeah. so I said let's go for a bike ride. That is our happy place. So let's just just forget everything and just go for a bike ride. So we had this 10-mile route we were riding along and then my husband's bike started making really weird sounds and we started riding rough and and his uh, it's a recumbent bike it has these long uh, chains and this tube and parts of it had got broken off and caught in the chain and so we had to stop and pull off to the side and fix things and we thought really And so we finished our ride and we came home and opened up the garage and we looked at our little canoe. And we thought, wow, this is the only vehicle that we own that hasn't betrayed us today. We should totally take it for a ride and see if it will sink. And so we just started laughing and we went for a ride down the river. And then after we just were able to laugh it off, then we could go through the process of okay, let's get the truck fixed. Let's get the car fixed. Let's get started here. Let's fix the bike. And so having that, I mean, there were a lot of things that were out of our control and, and it was not good, but by having the part that was within our control, we were able to be resilient and to not only survive, fortunately, but to be able to um, laugh it off and then be able to start and fixing the problems that needed to be fixed. So what we have is not total control, but it is enough. Yes.
1: What a great story, Linda.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Crazy day, huh? So true.
1: <laughs> it's almost unbelievable. right? That's
0: like- I know. <laughs> I can send you pictures because we stopped and until- okay, here's a picture of the plane. Here's a picture of the truck. Here's a picture of the car. Cause it was funny. I mean, it was, It wasn't that the airplane part was not funny. I was shaken for quite a while, but, um, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, you're talking about, I love that rising above. You're talking about attitude. Mm -hmm. You're talking about focusing on what really matters, right? We're alive. We have each other. We have a canoe
0: (laughs) (laughs) that didn't sink and it didn't sink. sink. (laughs) I know. So it was not total and complete betrayal. Just mostly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Uh, thank you for helping make the world a happier place, Tom. I appreciate uh, you. And I appreciate you you visiting with me today.
1: I'm so happy to have done
0: this. Thank you. Ah, it's been such a pleasure. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Anne Frank. She said, whoever is happy will make others happy too. Today, I invite you to increase the happiness in your life and to help make others happy in the process. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit Hope for Healing at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self-esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed: A Journey Through Depression or Amazon bestseller You Got This: An Action Plan to Calm Fear, Anxiety, Worry and Stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thank you.